We shall continue our sermon sessions in the Gospel of Luke. And the portion of scriptures we shall look into is found in chapter 2, verses 41 through verse 52. Finishing off that chapter, or the chapter. Verse 41 says, I quote, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Interesting to recognize his parents were faithful. They were faithful to their religious worldview, to the great I Am, and to the location in which was pleasing to the great I Am, raising their child to understand that God is priority and God and his people can be found in a physical location, though a spiritual lifestyle. We move forward, verse 42 says, And when he, that is the Christ, Jesus, became twelve in years, that is, of course, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And Jesus, being a twelve-year-old, we must recognize something before moving forward, my dear friends. Jesus, God on earth, permitted himself to be lowly among us to recognize the human condition. So he would have permitted himself to think like a 12-year-old, to experience the mind of a 12-year-old. Now, he is indeed God on earth, but he would have permitted himself to be lowered and understand the thinking mind of a 12-year-old, though driven, of course, by a supernatural uh, 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 or divine uh, 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 being, the Christ on earth, it is kind of us and wise of us to recognize this fact of his life. That though it is indeed an authority of his to know all things, he would have diminished himself in various ways so as to not be made privy to everything at all time. And of course, there is scriptural evidence to that very fact. So here he is. He's with his parents. His parents are faithful. They are God-fearing people going to the location that is necessary, having raised their children, having raised this child, the Christ, into the woven uh, commands of God's instruction. And in the example format, my dear friends, the same for us and our children and children that we will have and their children, that they see faithful parents go to the religious location of our faith, church, which was purchased by the blood of our dear Lord and Master, the Christ. So we are a physical uh, collection of people, but we represent a spiritual body of believers that belongs to the Christ. And so we are wise to keep that thought. What did Mary and Joseph do? Well, they were faithful and God-fearing. And where did they go? Well, they went to the location where religious people would be congregated and uh, faithful to the great I Am. Now, of course, that was under the Old Testament, but we can certainly learn from that the example in our New Testament system. 
he became twelve, and they went up there according to the custom of the feast, and as, verse 43, they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. Interesting information by the Holy Spirit. The boy Jesus. Not yet the king. He's not been crowned yet. He's not went through the death, burial, resurrection, witness, and ascension. He is a boy. A human boy. He's 12 years old. And though he is far above his peers, if you will, in knowledge, he did acquire it by his attention to the detail and his parents, as he is, of course, submissive to them and to his Father in heaven. So as they were returning, his parents, faithful, having, of course, spent the full number of days to the custom and to the law and the things that were necessary, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. There's a location in which he chose to stay behind. The location where he would find his heavenly father and he would find the individuals who would be studying the scripture, reading the scripture, wanting to know the scripture. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. And let us not throw Mary and Joseph too quickly under the bus here. They would have been in convoy format, family members, large families traveling to this location together. If you have many children, maybe they're with aunts and uncles in the back. Maybe they're with cousins up front. Maybe they're with grandma and grandpa somewhere. We're all just walking about here, going back to our destination or returning to our former location. Could it have been part and parcel, perhaps? Um, how should I say? Um, oh, what's the word now? Um, not cautious or mindful that they had to count all the heads of the child, the children. I don't know. Maybe there is in faute d'inattention, as we say, a miss, a, a missed inten, a, attention to the detail and knowing where Jesus was. It doesn't matter. The point. The point is, they've all went forward, going back to their former location, and uh, Jesus stayed behind as a twelve-year-old boy in the location of his heavenly Father's house. So they were returning, and after spending full number, uh, the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it, but supposed, in verse 44, but supposed, they supposed Jesus to be in the caravan. So in their minds, they are sincerely believing that Jesus is with them. Many people, my dear friends, sincerely believe that Jesus is with them. And went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. Enough time has passed that they must have told themselves, hey, where's Jesus? Because usually by now he would have come talk to us, or we would have... There would have been some engagement with this 12-year-old boy. 
24 hours seems like it's the time in which something hit the mind saying, hey, wait a minute, where's Jesus? By now, he would have maybe asked for something. Maybe he would have asked for food. Maybe he would have asked, hey, are we almost there? I mean, who knows, right? But the point is, there seems to be missing something in our lives. And it triggered a thought to the point that Jesus was not in the caravan, was not with them. Where's Kevin McAllister? <laughs> Did he stay home? Okay, well, so Jesus stays behind in the location where Scripture is read, taught, meditated upon, questioned, learnt, proclaimed, with the house of God, the location of God's people, all these things. And his parents, of course, now come to the moment in which they recognize there's missing something in our family here. At times we may think we have Jesus with us sincerely, but he ain't. And then something happens in our life where we start to say, maybe I need to go looking for Jesus because he's not with us. I thought he was, but he obviously is not. There's missing something in my life, in my family. And I thought we had the Christ, but we don't. So now we're going to go looking for Jesus. If they would have never told themselves the moment of reality that we are missing Jesus, they would have kept on believing Jesus was among them. And sadly, a great many people go through this life never questioning their sincerity, believing that Jesus is with them when he is truly not. You have to come to the you have to come to the reality that he is not with you in order for you to start looking for him. Gems of practical application with the text we are reading. Do you connect the dots? So they were supposing him to be in the caravan and a day's journey takes place and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances, which is interesting. Now think about that. For a long time, we sincerely believe Jesus is with us in our family. Something happened in our lives to make us think, no, he's not with us. He's missing. He's not here. We need to go looking for him. And where is the first place we go looking for him? Let's go ask mom and dad if they know where Jesus is. Let's go ask grandma and grandpa to know if they know where Jesus is. Let's go ask family and friends and neighbors and co-workers. Let's go ask every other source out there to know where Jesus is. And guess what you're going to hear from all these different sources? Different answers. Different answers. Oh, I think Jesus is with us over there. No, I think Jesus is with us over here. No, I think Jesus is... Well, Jesus is not among their relatives. <coughs> You'll have to bear with me. Uh, it's not among their relatives and not among their acquaintances. Now, when they did not find him in verse 45 because they were looking at all the wrong places. Why? Because they had a misunderstanding of who they thought Jesus was. Many people go through this life misunderstanding the Jesus of the Bible, so they create again this Jesus that they have in their own minds. Nope, that ain't the one. He ain't with them. They were looking at the wrong places. When they did not find Jesus, they turned to Jerusalem 
looking for him. What has brought us about here to be his church, the East Coast congregation? We all come from different locations geographically. We all come from different families. Many of us sincerely thought Jesus was among us in our caravan. We couldn't find him. Well, maybe he's with mom and dad. He ain't there. He ain't with acquaintances. He's not found anywhere there. Thank you so much, Carmen, for that. Um, where is he? Well, let's start looking. Let's start looking in the location where he would be found. His church. Not mine. Not yours. His church. If you want to find Jesus, you're going to have to find him where he would be at. His church. His location. In the physical form, as a young 12-year-old Jewish boy, well, that would have been in Jerusalem. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Interesting fact of our existence. At the moment of conception, you were ensouled. We were ensouled. That means God gave us our soul at the very moment of conception. From that moment, we as a human being, ensouled with a soul, began to grow in our mother's womb. To the point in which delivery came about. And after delivery, many years are spent as a child of God belonging to Him in our innocence. From the moment of conception, all through the very moment, we became of an age that accounted us independent. And at that moment, we chose to alienate ourselves from God, separate ourselves from God through lawless thought, speech, act, practice, tradition, whatever. At that very moment, from the first sin that was accounted to us in our independence, we were alienated from the great I Am, separated from Him. And therein becomes the journey in which we must seek a path back to the Father, since we had separated ourselves from Him through lawless activity and thought. And that is, of course, the Christ. The Christ is the way back to the Father. But it's the word returning that is interesting to me and should be to all of us. We belong to God from conception to the moment of independent accountability where we chose to sin. So it is indeed <coughs> a returning. <coughs> Excuse me. Time for a drink of water. Ah, high quality H2O. <laughs> For those of you who understand the reference. Um, so returning. Right? The idea is returning. <laughs> I shouldn't do these humorous moments. <clears throat> it's uh, what they call the, the humorous break 
so that it's not always the tension, but there's a, a humorous break where we can be like, ah, okay, now let's get, let's receive some more here. So the returning, of course, is the necessity in mankind to seek. The Christ would be found in the location they needed to return. If we look at it through a practical application to our walk, we may think we have Jesus. We don't. Uh-oh, where is he? We need to ask friends and family, neighbors. Have you seen Jesus? No. Do you know where Jesus is? No. We need to return to the location where God and his people would be found. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Returned looking. Verbs are very important. They gave us, they gave us great insight into how we can always become better in our faith. Looking, returning. Then in verse 46, after three days, interesting information, isn't it? three days, they found him, Jesus that is, where? In the temple. He's not in the caravan. He's not among relatives or acquaintances. Where is he? He's in Jerusalem in the temple. Where will you find a faithful child of God or one seeking the information of the Christ? On the east coast of Canada? Well, I do know one thing for sure. This is one location that you will come to congregate as his people seeking his information. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. We look at the verbs. Sitting, listening, asking. The true and pure heart of one who needs to know. And I find it quite encouraging that Mary and Joseph Though they could not find him among themselves, they went looking for him. And when someone goes looking for Jesus, you're going to find him. He may not look like what you've told yourself he looks like. You may not have told, we have, may not have told ourselves that the church that belongs to Jesus and Christians in the church that belongs to Jesus looks like this. We may have told ourselves that Christians look a certain way and that his church looks a certain way. But the reality is quite different. And when they finally chose to seek him where he would be found, they found him. And if you seek for the Christ, you will find the Christ and you will find him exactly where he should be found in his father's house, of course. So he, the Christ, this 12-year-old boy, was sitting in the midst of the teachers. 
the location in which he could be taught, where he could learn the scripture. Now, of course, he knows the scripture. He was there when it was being written. But again, he permits himself to recognize and learn as a 12-year-old boy, listening to them. Do we pay attention to the things proclaimed? Do we pay attention to the things that are being taught? And are we asking questions because we seek to learn? Remember the illustration I repeat all the time, two individuals, same community, asking the same question. Are there any police officers here? One of them is asking because he is seeking public assistance. He needs help. Someone stolen from his house. Someone robbed him. And the other one's asking the question because he's fleeing from the law. He wants to go away from the law. Well, what do you think is the heart and motive of Jesus as a 12-year-old boy asking questions? I think he wants to know. I think he genuinely wants to know why. He wants to learn. And all, not some, all in verse 47 who heard him, they were amazed. They were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Not because he's a 12-year-old Jewish boy, got enough of those all over the place. Not because he looks different, he looks just like every other 12-year-old Jewish boy in the first century. What did amaze them? His understanding and his answers. <clears throat> you can tell much by the soil. What do I mean by the soil? The heart of an individual you are trying to reach. Someone you are trying to study with. Someone you are trying to bring to the location, God's house, where he or she you are trying to reach can know about Jesus. There's much that can be learned from the soil, the heart, and the way they understand what they are hearing. The purest hearts, the humble heart, will understand what's being spoken. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't take time. That doesn't mean that it doesn't take more study. But there's a willingness in the heart to learn. They were amazed at his understanding and his answers. A very interesting interaction last week. Was it? Last week, yeah, last week when we were bringing dad to the hospital. There was this old lady who was hovering around. You could tell that she had probably had a challenging life. She did not seem to be someone of many means. And you could tell by the great many people around her that they didn't really want to talk to her or deal with her. She just seemed like, well, a cat lady, a bag lady who just rambles on around and you just don't want to talk to her like, oh, great, here she comes kind of stuff, right? But I find interesting things in human beings. And uh, she, for one reason, thought, here's a guy I can talk to. And so I became the individual where she could speak to. And so I listened. And it was quite fascinating. I came to know quite quickly that what appeared to be 
someone who would not be worth the time to listen to was someone quite interesting to listen to in that she was highly intelligent. And she knew things and she spoke in a way. She must have had a condition for sure. What's your name? Well, I'm not going to tell her my name. What's your family name? Maye. Maye. Of an Irish origin. And then she begins to ramble on things that I'm like, how does this woman know these things about... And then she continues. And she knows about Skaduk, where I was born and raised. And she knows about these things. And I'm like, who is she? And then she begins to share all kinds of things in her life and what she's gone through. Her husband that she had for decades passed and she... And it was quite interesting to listen to her. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to throw something in here that only a person with the right kind of heart and mind would pick up on. I threw something along the lines of my Christian faith without mentioning any kind of detail. I can't remember what it was. It was something along the lines of, well... Oh, she was speaking about how there are so many evil things now in this life. And because she finds herself a great deal of time in the streets, in the community, she sees much evil that has come in our community that wasn't there before. And she was explaining these evils. And I said, yeah, you know what? There's only really uh, one hope out of this life alive. Something along those lines. And would you know it? She didn't even blink. Yes, Jesus is the way, the only way. And then she says, she goes and she quotes Daniel 2.44. And I, knowing the verse, said, oh yes. And it not it wonderful how it is connected to the book of Revelation? And immediately she's catching up to it and she knows what I'm saying. And she understands the words that I am saying. And she's able to, in an equal form, speak of the interpretation the scripture holds. And I'm fascinated by this old lady. She's always asking questions, you know. Now, time had passed and our name was pulled and she was so happy to have talked to us. She wished us again. She went on her way. But I was able to recognize in her heart the ability to have that humility, that understanding. To her, it was simple. Now, I pray that more can be done and that she will seek the truth because she seems like a person who would understand it very well. But I say that because the understanding can be seen in the heart of a person when they are willing. Jesus was willing to learn and he was willing to be submissive to his parents and to his Father in heaven foremost before anyone. We must have that same heart. We recognize the faith of our parents, but we must have our own independent faith. Jesus followed his parents thus far, seeing them faithful to God, seeing the example of parents who love each other and who love God first in their life. He saw that, but it was time for him, I imagine, as a 12-year-old Jewish boy, to have independence and say, I, <clears throat> without mom and dad, want to know about God and want to follow God. 
All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. They're just, a, how can this be? When they saw him in verse 48, they were astonished. Words like astonished and amazed, just caught off guard with it, just totally floored. Like, how can, how is it possible? And his mother said to him in verse 48, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. We were desperately in a fright looking for you. We thought we had lost you. Why did you do that to us? You know, <laughs> it's true as a parent, that seems to be the knee-jerk reaction when you love your child so much and you think you can't find him for a few moments. Ever been in Walmart? Be like, where is he? Where'd he go? He's just on the other aisle. He kind of snuck around you without you looking because you were preoccupied. You're like, wait, where? Stay next to mom and dad. You're scaring me. What's the matter with you? <laughs> well, we should have been paying more attention, maybe. I mean, let's just... Be honest, maybe we should have been paying a bit more attention, not be so easily persuaded by another distraction somehow. Maybe some of that, okay. Why do you treat us this way? Well, I don't think he was disobeying. I don't think he was high-handedly saying, you know what, I'm just going to hurt mom and dad. <laughs> going to make him think I'm gone. No, I don't think that was the, I don't think that was the case. But yet, I think as some of you are mothers, you can understand that you want to tell your 12-year-old boy who's in your household, who needs to do what you tell him to do, hey, why did you do that to me? You had us worried to death. We thought you were in the, con the caravan, the, the convoy, the, the family. Why did you treat us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. We were desperately looking for you. We found you. <laughs> Interesting, right? We find Jesus. Like, where were you? I was looking for you in my life. It took me 10 years. Some of us look for Jesus for many years, don't we? Till we find him. And he says to them, in verse 49, why is it that you were looking for me? That's an interesting question from a 12-year-old Jewish boy. It's designed, as all the things that are recorded from the Christ asking questions, it's designed to have us truly ask ourselves why. He knows why, but do we know why? Why are you here as a member of the East Coast Church of Christ? Like, that's a question. Why am I here? Why did we choose to stay here? Why do we want to make our lives here as members of this congregation? Why? There are many, many good answers to that because I think we are friends and I think we are growing to love each other more and more every week. And I think we don't want to live life without each other. Okay, that's a good one. That's a, that's a pretty good one. I think it's because we have goals and ministries for our children and their children and their children. 
We can see a future and we can see security and we can see many good things. That, that's a good thing. You can grow old in this congregation and one day we'll take care of you. You know, we're going to have to go through some deep challenges and sorrows, but we can do it together. Yeah, that's a good thing. We need that. Those We could go on and on with all kinds of byproducts, blessings that come if the why goes directly to the priority because that's where Jesus is. Why are you here as the East Coast Church of Christ? Because here is where you'll find Jesus. You won't find them in the ocean of religious error and all the churches they've built. You won't find them there. You'll find them in a faithful congregation that belongs to him. And on the East Coast, here we are. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were astonished. Behold, he says, your father and I, as she says, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he says to them, why is it that you were looking for me? What's the purpose of your search? Are you trying to create your own personal Jesus? You just want to find someone you can call, create your own image, call him Jesus and be like, I follow Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Praise Jesus. No, but he's the Jesus you've created for your own ambitions, your own selfish desires. No, we must always seek the Jesus of the Bible. Why is it that you were looking for me? Well, that's a very good question. Why is it? Are you looking for something out of it? I assure you there are corrupt preachers and elders and Christians in churches that call themselves the Church of Christ that are only in it for their own greed, their own preeminence, their own power, their own control, their own divisive ways, and they cause much sorrow and pain. Wolves in sheep's clothing, they exist. They're real. The Pharisaical kind, they're real. So Jesus asking this question as a 12-year-old boy is still a powerful question to ask ourselves. Yeah, why is it that I am looking for Jesus? Did you not know? Like by now, should you not have known? I had to be in my father's house? Well, as a parent, your 12-year-old boy is still two-year-old. It doesn't matter how old he is. He's your son. He's your child. But us parents know that our children are going to grow in their independence. And they need to follow Jesus themselves. Where were you? Well, Mom, I went to church. That's where I'm supposed to go. To be with God and His people. But they did not understand the statement in verse 50 which He had made to them. They just couldn't grasp it. I, I, and again, let's not be too hard on Mary and Joseph here. You and I have the blessing of reading this information and knowing the complete account. But Mary and Joseph, they're living this as it is happening. Why did my 12-year-old son tell me these things? What just happened here? What is going on? I don't fully understand it. In verse 51, he went down with them and came to Nazareth. So he is always in subjection to them. He continued 
in subjection to his parents. And his mother, Mary, treasured all these things in her heart. She kept him near and dear in her thoughts. Again, dear friends, remember the verb. Went, came, continued. And in verse 52, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. He is increasing. Are we increasing in our faith? To increase in our faith, we must always challenge ourselves. He challenged himself. He sat among the teachers. You want to decrease the ability of our youth to learn and grow? You separate them away from the location where they are hearing the meat of the word. Increasing in wisdom. Do you understand wisdom? Wisdom means insight. The ability to see something and discern it. Be like, oh, I know what's going to happen if you keep going down that path in life. Insight. Stature. Upright. He has integrity. He can be trusty, trust, trusted. He's trustworthy. And he has the favor of the great I Am, his Father in Heaven, God. If we are with God, he will have us succeed in this life spiritually and also with men, which is interesting because that's socially. We must have good rapport in the community. We are not to go out there and throw the Bible at people and condemn everyone. That is not the walk of a faithful child in Christ. We must have an upright integrity to reach them. Do we contaminate ourselves? Do we diminish ourselves in standing up for the truth and speaking the truth and exposing evil? Well, no. God forbid. But we must have good rapport in the community if we are going to reach anyone with the good news of the Christ. And we can read this information in its context, rightly handled, and recognize many wonderful teachings. The parents, faithful. Jesus, faithful. Look at the words again. Looking, found, sitting, listening, asking, heard, saw. Looking, went, came, continued. Wisdom, stature, favor, God. God among men. The East Coast congregation, the East Coast Church of Christ, belongs to Christ and we belong to him, certainly. And what a wonderful, healthy, and growing congregation it is. And we want the community to see us as they have been. And study with us. We want them to, as Mary and Joseph, recognize the location they must be found in to hear the Christ. That'll conclude this portion of Scripture. It finishes off the chapter. Lord willing, next week we will embark chapter 3. 
As always, my dear friends, the invitation is simple. If you have sins to confess to brethren, if there is something on your mind or heart, things you are struggling with, it is always available to you to share and have our prayers and have our comfort. There is no greater purpose in life than to be faithful in His church. And all who call on His name as repentant believers qualify to be immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of His or her sins. Together, growing, increasing in wisdom, stature, and favor. It's a beautiful thing that God has created. And we are most blessed to be the recipient of His grace and His mercy. The uniqueness of His church, the uniqueness of His plan of salvation, the uniqueness of our worship towards Him, commanded by the words of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we will finish there and move on with a song.